Lil Desperandum presents The Bookshelf. Hello and welcome to The Bookshelf. This time it's ghastly goings-on in Victorian London and on the Western Front and in Jet Set Era Rome. The series is Kim Newman's Dracula trilogy, which apparently is about to become a quartet, but it starts with Anna Dracula shortly after the events of a Stoker's novel. This is an alternate history series where Dracula not only survives Van Helsing's plot against his own life, but triumphs, killing his old foes. He establishes himself as Queen Victoria's consort and uses his newfound respectability as effective head of the empire to bring vampirism into the limelight. Suddenly, everybody wants a wee bloodsucker, and vampires become an accepted part of society. The novels consider what might have happened had vampires been in charge of World War One, or what a James Bond-style spy romp might be like if Bond and his enemies were undead superfiends. There is supposed to be a fourth novel on the way, set in the 1980s, but it's not published yet. Alternate history can be a difficult genre to get right. It needs to feel real enough that it might have happened and yet clearly differentiate itself from actual events. Philip K. Dick did this with Man of the High Castle by showing the new world through his character's eyes. Much the same happens here. The main characters are the eyes through which the reader sees the world. In the opening novel, this includes Beauregard, the hero apparent, Dr. Seward, the last human survivor of Van Helsing's little band, and Genevieve Dudon, one of Newman's original creations, who has appeared not only in Anna Dracula, but also in his Warhammer books. It also includes Jack the Ripper, oddly enough, and though his identity is revealed fairly early on, I won't say who it is, but I will say that it's Jack's story that shapes the plot. The Ripper is after vampire vixens this time, and the powers that be aren't happy about it. Cue a massive manhunt to find the killer. A pity they can't ask Sherlock Holmes's advice, but the new overlords have sent both him and Bram Stoker, among others, to a death camp shortly after the new regime took control. That should give you a fairly good idea of the style of Anna Dracula. Fiction and reality, such as it is, uh, mix pretty freely, and covers everything from Chinese killers, our lovers of empire, to Kipling, the, uh, the man who would be king. After that, it may come as something of a relief to find that the Bloody Red Baron is all about a shape-shifting Rick Toffin, whose biography is being written by Edgar Allan Poe, or that Dracula Cha-Cha-Cha includes as many Fellini references as it does Bond riffs. Though I will say that it does include one of my favourite pieces of characterization, in which an important plot point is signalled by Bond turning from a Connery to a Roger Moore-style spy. Kim Newman is a fantasy man with a varied CV. He has been a journalist and an editor of Empire magazine and a movie reviewer. Those of you who've seen his straight-to-video horror movie reviews may be interested to know that his horror isn't his only shtick. He's also one of the movie experts Warner Brothers relied on when they produced their film noir collections. He's written for Warhammer and Doctor Who and Cthulhu-style horror and an adult choose-your-adventure, or rather, life book. He has a peculiar sense of humour. He doesn't mind throwing in oddments for the sake of an interesting story. Sometimes I found myself playing spot the character rather than reading the novel, picking out references to the good soldier Schweik, Lady Chatterley, The Saint, and the Cagney movie, The Roaring Twenties, in Bloody Red Baron, for example. 
He's not necessarily the fellow to go to for a serious plot, and Anna Dracula isn't horror so much as it is horrific. I'd normally quote from the book at this point, but rather than do that, I'll just compare the original Stoker creation with Newman's new version. These are Quincy Morris's last words, as Stoker had it. I am only too happy to have been of service. Oh, God, he cried suddenly, struggling to a sitting posture and pointing to me. It was worth it for this to die. Look, look! The sun was now right down on the mountain top, and the red gleams fell on my face so that it was bathed in rosy light. With one impulse the men sank on their knees, and a deep and earnest Amen broke from awe as their eyes followed the pointing of his finger. The dying man spoke. Now, God be thanked that all has not been in vain. See, the snow is not more stainless than her forehead. The curse has passed away. And in Newman's version, Quincy Morris says, Kiss my sister's black cat's ass. A bit of a difference, as I'm sure you'd agree. Uh, now, pros and cons. Uh, pro 1. Alternate history fans need look no further. This is the good stuff. You'll have hours of entertainment sifting through the multiple layers of reality and fantasy here. Even if you're not a horror fan, it may well be worth your time just because Newman includes so much real history in his ramblings. Pro 2. Newman's characterization is often spot on, which is remarkable given the number of characters he includes in each novel. It'd be easy to get lost in the rising tide of references to classic fiction, film history, and real-world history. Newman never loses sight of his character's essential motivation and voice. Uh, Pro 3. I've said it's not strictly a horror series, and I stand by that view. There's nothing actually frightening here. There's just too much going on for that. However, horror fans shouldn't shy away on that account. And there's a lot of fun to be had, particularly in the quieter moments when... Winston Churchill munches on a rabbit, or Dr. Seward finds his booful lady. Uh, con one, if you're not a fan of alternate history, or prefer it not be mixed with fantasy, then best avoid Anna Dracula, as it will only annoy you. Uh, con two, if you like horror, but not history, you may well come away feeling a little puzzled. The first novel, Anna Dracula, is relatively free of historical references, but the same can't be said for... Bloody Red Baron, or Dracula Cha-Cha-Cha. If you really can't abide the historical side of the series, then you're better off just reading Anno Dracula and not touching the other two. Uh, that's it from me. Have a good one. Bye-bye. No Desperandum is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Editor and publisher is Jim Phillips. Audio production in cooperation with the Bear Crawling Nation, engineer Hugh Morrison, and executive producer Charles McFall.